What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Terminator 101. I'm Eddie Green. You know all this stuff. This is just the intro. This is just part of the identity of this podcast. If it didn't have that, it would just feel weird, wouldn't it? I don't know. <laughs> um, welcome back, guys. Um, if this is your first episode, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are a continued listener, thank you so much for tuning back in. I really do appreciate every single one of you that tunes in checks out an episode, follows me on social media, anything, YouTube, all that stuff. It's awesome. Really is, guys. Uh, we got, coming up, one heck of an interview. Um, I had the uh, very, very cool opportunity to talk to the multi-talented uh, Marianne muller Lily yesterday. And um, going into the interview, and I said this when I made a video just to let you guys know on social media that the episode was coming, I said this. Um, going into the interview with Marianne, I knew it was going to be fun because she just, you know, came off that way in any of her posts. But I didn't know how lovely, how insightful, how well-spoken, nice everything she was really going to be. And halfway through the interview, I, and you'll hear it, I tell her, you 180'd me. And I'm so thankful because we all have, you know, preconceived notions of people that we don't know. And I had one of her, you know, and I thought my, my answers to the questions would be short to the point. Okay, go on, you know, but they weren't, and you'll and you'll find out. You guys will find out just how in depth she goes. And there's so many great stories in here, um, you know, that have nothing to do with Terminator, and that's totally fine because she is just she's an angel. Seriously, she is a very beautiful person overall. And uh, there's a lot of talk of charity work and uh, her beliefs, and I didn't want to get any of that out of the interview. I didn't want to edit this interview at all. It is one take. Um, it was funny. We actually had a little bit of difficulty connecting. Um, and you'll hear that at the start of the interview. Um, you'll hear the relief in her voice um, over our connection, finally. But we worked it out. We worked it out. Skynet did not win. Um, but yeah, guys, I think you're really going to get a kick out of this particular interview. So enjoy. Marianne, thank you so much for providing and donating your time. I said that in the interview. I'll say it again, and I'll say it forever. Um, I am eternally grateful. So um, enjoy this interview, everybody, and uh, go follow her on social media. You can follow her on Instagram um, at mmsnapped. And you can also find her on Facebook. You can follow her uh, fan page over there. Beautiful woman. I love her. Really, I do. Um, here we go, guys. We're going to get into this right after a quick sponsorship from Anchor. Stay tuned. We're coming right back. You hear me, Eddie? Marianne? Oh, my goodness. We got it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, honey, what do you want to know about me? Um, well, first, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Um, and, um, 
Well, I just wanted to do a quick introduction for you and uh, just let everybody know if uh, they're not familiar with who you are, even though everybody should be because um, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I, like, I'm really serious. I know you probably are very humble and it sounds like you are and that's awesome. But um, Marianne uh, muller Liley, which I must say is a very unique last name um, and <laughs> I, I, I had to do a little research on how to say your last name because I wanted to make sure I didn't mispronounce it. Um, well, you've done very well. You must have been in rehearsal on it. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> um, so she is a actress of uh, vast. She has a vast filmography, um, lots of credits under her belt. And I listed a couple on my social media posts. And obviously we're here to just talk for you know a few minutes about um, the, the role that I know her from the most, you from the most, the Terminator, but there's a bunch of other things that I'd like to touch on with you. And, you know, we're going to keep this brief because I don't want to take too much of your time, but, um, uh, well, let me ask you one thing, Eddie, is this actually going on right now? It's going on now. It's not live, so to speak, oh. because when, when we hang up, um, it's going to be saved and then I'm going to, yeah. okay. I probably won't have to edit anything, but it'll be posted probably tomorrow. Okay, yeah, somebody already asked me uh, to let them know when it's going to post so I can tell them. And then I do have a, a, an email list where people want to know this. So you'll be sure to send that to me or email, you know, tell me what link I give them, et cetera, et cetera. It, absolutely. Okay, honey. Um, so if you could just give me and everybody listening just a, like a quick summation of how you got to where you are today, and then we're going to touch on just a couple of the uh, key elements along the way, but just a quick summation, if you don't mind. You mean how I became an actor? An actor, and um, because I, you are still um, active, right? You are, I just yeah, you're not retired. Nope, not yet. Okay, you mean so just how I became an actor? Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I uh, actually, it is. It I think it's kind of interesting. I uh, I had done theater, you know, starting actually in grade school and high school, and then college, and you know, I studied, and I thought I would be a teacher, uh, a primary, uh, no, a uh, uh, secondary education. I'd gone to a private all-girls school, and I thought I'd go to that sort of setting and try to help those young women stop being afraid to get up and speak. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, that was my goal. So then after I finished my undergrad, I decided uh, as much as I thought I had a good foundation, there was a lot of stuff about theater that I didn't know, uh, you know, like makeup and combat and opera and et cetera. So I went for a master's and, uh, when I got to the program, I was to choose between a, a, a simple master's uh, or a master's of fine arts. And the fine arts one, you could concentrate on acting. And since that was more fun than taking these history classes, that's what I did. While I was in, uh, it was the first year of a two and a half year program, at University of Minnesota. I did a play, a Streetcar Named Desire, where I played the upstairs neighbor, Eunice, and the director of that production was Charles Miller Nolte, who'd had a very illustrious career on Broadway as a young actor. He was friends with Tennessee Williams. He invited Williams to come see that production. Williams came. The Twin Cities lost their mind. He was interviewed everywhere. And in those interviews, he said that the three young actresses, and then he named us, 
were the future of the American theater. So then all these regional theater directors came to see this play and all three of us were offered contracts. Wow. And that's, that's, and that's how I thought, well, nobody's offering me a teaching contract. I will say that when uh, it was Terrence Kilburn of Meadowbrook theater outside Detroit who asked me and, um, I said, well, I'm just at the end of a first year uh, of my two and a half year program. Could you ask me next year and I will try to accelerate my studies? And he said, yes, I will. And that's what I did. Um, I left six credits short. uh, And in the years that followed while I was doing regional theaters, I did an independent study of six hour credits and did complete my degree. Beautiful. Wow. That, <laughs> that, that, that is so how, um, cause I'm very familiar with the name Tennessee Williams. I'm not obviously a, um, a scholar or anything yeah. in terms of him, but was he, um, like, cause I assume is he not, he's, he's not with us anymore. Correct. No, He's dead, but he is, uh, uh, everybody listening should take a moment to Google, Google his name because he's one of the greatest American playwrights ever and everything he's ever written and that's been produced that i've seen has been so extraordinary so full of humanity and depth and suffering and they're beautiful beautiful plays and i in fact uh the once i did go to meadowbrook the uh director there put on a production of streetcar named desire i mean it's classic everybody should read it yeah, and wow. he was an extraordinary man. He was a very interesting man. There are many books on him, uh, lots of stories. He had, had a very rich, full, interesting, you know, human kind of life. It's worth anybody looking into. And to think that he called you the future of the American theater, that's... I know. I'm I, telling you. <laughs> I would think that that is like maybe like hung up over your kitchen or like like the quote... <laughs> I, I would. Wow. <laughs> you know, when then he, of course, went to a party. We had a cast party at our director's house and I met him. So this was about, let's see, 1971. Yeah. Or, no, 1970. Um, and uh, I sat down next to him in sort of a little cubby hole and he was from the South. And he said, my dear, you will always work. And I said to him, oh, I wish I had a cassette recorder. Oh, I'd love for you to stand there. But he was right. The man was right. You know, I was just a young girl. I was 22, 23 by then. Is that right? Yeah, 23. Anyway, so I was young. And and uh, I mean, just the thought of, gosh, I guess I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to this is going to be my life. And this famous playwright thinks I'm always going to have work. He was right. I've always. That's, that's incredible. I did. So, this... oh, go ahead. honey. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You're the guest. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, I was just going to say, because I do think it's important for those who want to pursue the arts, any arts, perhaps any field is to, when you make this decision, you need to kind of, decide what your goals are for that career. Because I find when you're focused, when you've just started out, then the opportunities that come along, 
you're going to know whether they're going to support your goal or not. And if they don't support your goal, don't do them. And that has proven to be very effective for me. When I left, after I'd been asked to be an actor and I, you know, made that shift in my mind, I learned about unions and pensions and how much money would I make and all that stuff. I thought, okay, well, now what do I want out of my, why, now that I'm not going to be a teacher and teach girls not to be so self-conscious, what do I want to be as an actor? And I decided I wanted longevity, variety, and constancy. And so I'll give you an example of an opportunity that comes up. You know, I moved out here after, um, I don't know, about eight years, eight, 10 years of stage work. I moved to L.A. And, you know, you're, you're, there are a lot of networking and parties and, you know, you get dressed up, you go and meet people you don't know, you push yourself out there. Well, I wasn't keen on doing it, but I thought, does it support my goals of variety, constancy? And what was the other one? Well, anyway, it does support it. And it made me go. And it did contribute to my face being recognized, my uh, personality and my countenance being uh, remembered. So that when I did go into the audition room, there was a familiarity. And, you know, people want to work with people that they feel good about, that somebody's going to deliver the product. They've got a life beyond acting. You know, they're a full-bodied person living their life and part of that life means they act so that's wow. that's what i think well it, it it's a great outlook and i mean talk about variety when when i was looking through yeah. your credits and the like the projects that you've been associated with i mean the one that goes as far back that i am very familiar with is manhattan oh yeah um yeah. I love that film. And what was that like? I mean, I know this is a podcast dedicated to Terminator, but I I am a fan of Manhattan. Well, I should probably go back and look at it. Uh, (laughs) A long time ago. And back then, this was, we're in New York now. It's uh, in the 70s. And back then, there was no union, specific separate union for extras. And there was therefore no division among actors if you wanted in the and by that i mean there was sort of no well he's an extra implying that he's not an actor okay Uh, that didn't exist so all of us who were trying to make a living and get to the next audition and maybe get a job we were all doing extra work because it's, you know, it's sort of in the biz, you know, it, it's easy enough. You'd normally just kill a day running around trying to put your resume in, er, into somebody's hand. But this way, you're at least on a set making, I think at that time, it was maybe 80 bucks, something like that. So I did a bunch of them. And of course, all my friends did. We had a ball. And there was no stigma attached. Uh, now we have a separate union for, uh, we have a separate division uh, for extras, and they are part of SAG-AFTRA. And there is no stigma, but there is, um, well, you don't have to be an actor to be an extra, but to be an actor, you have to be able to act. Does that Correct. make sense? Yeah. It okay. does, yes. Yeah. yeah. So 
where along the line because that was what manhattan is 79 yeah is it okay yeah 78 79 sounds right um yeah i mean you see uh in in my own recollection uh i i only think of the day that i worked it i don't know when it comes out and i'm never gonna see it (laughs) so whenever it came out i did it about a year before so Okay, so are you somebody, are you an actor? And do you, quick question, do you like the um, like the differentiating um, between actor and actress? Or do you just, is everybody an actor? For me, everybody's an actor because, um, you know, we don't have writtresses. We don't have sculptresses. Uh, that's sort of a, a passe thing. However, the Academy, of which I am a member, we still have, you know, supporting actors, supporting actresses. So, you know, I just personally say actor, but I don't really care. Okay. When I refer to myself, I think of myself as an actor. It's, yeah, my sex is irrelevant. Correct. That's, you know. Okay. So when, are, are, are you an actor who does not, when you finish that project, you're finished with it, you don't watch it? Oh, I do if I'm kind of intrigued by it or I want to see like I like the other actors or I want to see where the director went or, you know, it depends. But uh, my my experience in joy is takes place while I'm seeing it. I don't have any issue with seeing it. You know, a lot of actors don't like to see their work. Oh, I have no issue with that. I know I've done my best at that time. I may okay. when I see it eventually think, oh, you know, I could have made another choice. Oh, well. You know, I may have grown. I may have just seen it in the full context of the whole uh, movie or sitcom. I, I, you know, I just don't, I don't get too worked up. I know I've done my best uh, at the time I'm, I'm doing the work. Because that's how I work. That's how I work. I don't ever wing it. I do the work before I come to do the job. <laughs> and speaking of jobs, when did when did a little guy by the name of James Cameron come into your life? Because <laughs> I can't imagine. I know looking back, it's easy. It's like, yes, this, this film in particular stands out like a sore thumb in your resume because yeah, it's like of what it is, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of people know you from that and they I'm do. one of them. Yeah. yeah so incredible. You know, it was a half a day's work. Uh, James Cameron was uh, not well known to my knowledge. He was just a, you know, a young director. And I will say that I auditioned three times, which is unusual, especially for the size of that part. And especially for uh, the fact that there were very few lines. And I remember we were in a, a small rehearsal space uh, and there, I believe there was like a conference table, you know, one of those eight foot conference tables and he was on one side and I was on the other. And then there was probably, I'd say from the edge of that table, maybe three feet behind me where I stood, you know, so I stood and then there was maybe a foot and a half behind me. Well, <laughs> what he had me do is, you know, see the gun, you know, Arnold, or I open the door, see the gun, and then have a silent scream. Well, there was very little space to back up in. And I wanted the space so you have, so you can see 
her transition of seeing the gun, realizing it's pointed to her, that her death, her her life is in jeopardy. And then, you, so there's, do you understand what I mean? I needed yes. a little more space. Anyway, there was no space. So I did my little bit and then I left. And then he had me come back and vocalize the silent scream. And then I did that. And then he, I came back a third time and went back to the silent. And that's it. And then I got it. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, they, I didn't get the whole script. I just got my scene. I didn't know what it was about. And so, um, you know, I got there and it was, uh, I think I was there about six hours, you know, six o'clock call and they shoot my scenes and you shoot it from this angle, that angle, and we break. And, uh, and then we had lunch and, um, and then I was dismissed. I made 600 bucks, but I'm still making money on it because of residuals. Wow. And I had a great time with Arnold. I had a great time with Arnold. I, um, he was not married. Uh, he was, uh, I didn't know anything about his, uh, what was pumping iron thing, you know? Yes. It was just this really nice big guy. And I was over at my trailer. I hadn't been in LA that much, not, that long. And I didn't know that many people. I was taking a course uh, in night school on uh, investments. I was also uh, singing in my choir. And of course, I was also dieting. So uh, I was over there in front of my trailer on the steps, not in the trailer, on the steps. I was eating carrot sticks. I was going through the sheet music, singing, humming those songs. I'd set it down. Then I'd go to my investment charts and I'd look at whatever investment I'd made and what the, what the stock market on it and, you know, fill in my graph and everything. Well, he came over. He said, what are you doing? I told him all this and we had a little chat. He said, why don't you come have lunch with me? I said, okay. Now I'd already had my lunch, but of course, if the, the star's going to ask you to have lunch, go have lunch. So we went into his trailer and sat down and uh, I found out he was a Catholic, which I am. And we actually, and as you probably know, he's very investment savvy and, you know, this is years and years ago. So none of us knew anything about Arnold. Now we know a lot about Arnold, but back then, um, you know, who's just a, a very nice guy around my age who showed an interest and we seemed to have a lot in common. And uh, after, I remember he had um, a salad and then he had a protein. I think it was chicken, just a chicken breast. And yet I had a glass of white wine and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so European. You know, because it seems so foreign to me to have yeah. wine in the middle of the day, but it's very European. And I'd just been to Europe, so I felt very knowledgeable about all this. We we did have quite a bit in common. And uh, afterwards, we went out and there are a whole bunch of young people sort of, you know, clamoring to see him and be near. And, and so he went up into this. We shot it in Van Nuys. You know, it's a little suburb of L.A., and I, we walked up and he had his arm around me, loosely around me. And and he was chatting with the kids and, you know, feeling their muscles and laughing. And I thought, what a sweet guy to, you know, take the time. He's, 
I was impressed with him as a person, you know. Um, and then we said goodbye. I hugged him and I left. And then, of course, years later, I did another show with him and or another feature. And um, I, at one point, it was on that second film, uh, Jingle All the Way. It was much. He's married. I'm married. You know, I'm. Yeah, and I didn't acknowledge that he knew me. And I don't think he remembered he knew me. He knew me. And I just, you know, saw him again and said hello. And um, I had decided at this point, my husband and I were running a, a free after school uh, program for the kids in our neighborhood. And uh, I decided to um, give him a grant proposal. I asked him for $250,000. And um, he uh, took it and he said he would get back to me. And uh, and he did. Uh, his office did. Uh, and it's a, it, I think it's a wonderful story. He it was a letter of rejection. It's a letter that I've saved, not because it came from Arnold Schwarzenegger, but because it is beautifully composed. It was a lesson for me on how to reject a proposal. I'm very interested in nonprofit work and have done it my whole life. So this is what that's, it said. The first paragraph said, your work is fantastic. What you're doing is impacting people uh, and their lives. Congratulations. Second paragraph said, uh, regrettably, I will not be able to support it because I find that in supporting my own charities, the charities that interest me the most, and his were, I think he was maybe the ambassador for fitness, you know, for the government, you know, he was, uh, what was it called? It was youth fitness. And whether it was Nixon or whoever was the president, he was the ambassador for that. And then he was involved in Special Olympics. And he said that those, if he, he finds that uh, concentrating his philanthropic dollars in areas that interest him, he can see the progress it makes. That was a great lesson to me. And then the third paragraph said, uh, please, if you ever have a fundraiser or an auction, uh, let me know as I'd love to contribute and support your charity. So, he, I mean, it was incredible. He tells you you're fantastic in the first thing. Second paragraph, you're rejected. Third paragraph, he's going to support you. I put that in my file. And six years later, when I was chairing an event at my church, at a, at a country club event. It was a large thing, you know, 1,500 people with a big auction, et cetera, et cetera. I wrote him. Now he's governor. So I, I uh, called his office in Santa Monica. I said, I have this letter. The girl said, let me put you on hold. Let me get hold of the governor's office. She did. She came back to me. She said, fax that letter to this person and she will handle the request. I faxed it on a Friday. Monday was a national holiday. Tuesday arrived FedEx Express, a, a Arnold Schwarzenegger, a Governor Schwarzenegger jacket with a personal note from him. So happy to support your charity. Please send the tax receipt in the name of Mr. and Mrs. Arnold Schwarzenegger to this address. I mean, I'm impressed. That was incredible. He's a man of his word. And I, I, tell that story to anyone who's willing to listen well i must say the reason i'm not saying much is just because i'm transfixed by the way you're yeah you're retelling me the story it's, it's there's wonderful. so much that i want to comment on so uh, your turn no 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 um 
so just to just to be correct and so i'm understanding this right yeah he did he did not do the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars just because he wanted to put his money towards stuff that he saw um uh, pr- uh like progression in well that he has a passion for uh, let me let me explain further because I have taken that bit of wisdom and done it myself. My husband and I we give to many charities, but my my favorite charity is Heifer International. I have been a donor volunteer for them since two thousand and two, and have personally raised over three hundred thirty thousand dollars for them because wow. I am deeply committed to their mission. I have delved deeply into how heifer works how is it effective uh, uh, how much do they honor the donation dollar what are they good custodians of the money how effective are they in their mission all these things and it's and so we give the majority the the highest percentage of our donation our our philanthropic dollars go to heifer because i know them I know I'm passionate about them. I've gone to Vietnam. I've gone to Honduras to see their projects, you know. I mean, I, and it was actually Arnold who let me see that, showed me that that really is the way to go about it instead of $25 here, $50, $5, $10. And I found out something else. I know this isn't about showbiz, but it is a fascinating thing. Most people, they might give, you know, their their friends doing the AIDS ride, so they give them 25 bucks, or their nephew is raising money for whatever, and they buy the Christmas wrapping paper for five bucks, et cetera. And then these people all end up with lots and lots of solicitations from people they don't know, and they don't know why, you know, the Indian reservation in Sioux Falls is asking them to help the food bank. Well, this is why, because when you are a uh, what when a nonprofit gets a donation and it's considered a small donation, those names and addresses go on a list, and those lists are then sold to other nonprofits for money, and they're sold over and over and over. But when you become a major donor, and that threshold is set at at every, it's different for every um, charity. It might be. 5,000, it might be 10,000, whatever it is. But when you become a major donor, they will never sell your name because they never want to lose you. They never want to become attracted to something else, learn about something. So, and I learned all that through this second paragraph from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Incredible. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because I I did see that. That's on your, that's in your little bio on uh, Instagram. That you're uh, that you're passionate yeah. about that, and I was like, yeah. I'm not like I'm not very familiar with that, and you just described yeah. that. Wow. Yep, I am. I am. So, we're uh, right now. I'm supporting the Vietnam Dairy Development Project, and it's uh, I went to Vietnam to meet the farmers, and we're wrapping up the, you know, a group of ten donors said we're going to raise two point nine million in five years. Well, we didn't make it, but it's okay. It's our first year trying to do it. We've so far raised about $2 million. We, Who knows? We might get to it, but I doubt it. But it's okay. It's the first time it's ever been done at this charity. There's no group of major donors have ever come together to target a charity and say, we will raise the money. So in about another three months, we'll 
pick another one because we will have completed our best effort on this one. Now go ahead and ask me about showbiz. (laughs) (laughs) I love how passionate you are. Like I really do. It's, um, it's, it's refreshing, but, um, because I, because I'm, I'm fascinated by your stories and that, and so it's, it feels kind of weird going from uh, talking about something of very high importance to yeah. something, you know, yeah. of just. It, it's all good. It's exactly. All good. Yeah, it's all good. You know, we need pleasure. We need escape. You know, uh, it's all good. Whatever. What? What, you- what? What was? Was there anything else? in that scene that you had with Arnold, was there anything else that we didn't see that made the final cut? Or was that literally cut and dry, that one scene? That was it. That was it. It was very fast. Very there fast. Was no, there was no uh-uh. added content that they changed the day nope. of. Nope. In fact, um, I always find it interesting. Um, and it's happened many times when people said, oh my gosh, you're the wrong sort of They said, all oh, that blood and everything. Well, there was no blood. Correct. But in their mind, there was. Yep. It was very fast. Oh, my goodness. It was all about lighting, you know, and, it's, and it, you know, it was in a doorway. And so you had the perimeters of the space that they, it was all about the camera angles and everything. And music, the music in there, you know, with him coming up to the door and him stepping on the little toy in the street and you know, all that stuff. And actually, and actually, what's kind of uh, funny is um, I'm a big collector of like all the the action figures and stuff. Yeah, as and is my husband. Yeah, it, it's a great life. I like, I love it. It <laughs> it, it brings such joy to me. I don't know why. Um, yeah. but I did a, a like a little YouTube video when I was reviewing one of those figures, and I thought, what's a cool way that I can just kind of introduce this video? So I literally took that scene where Arnold crushes the truck and then gets out, walks up to the door. (laughs) And then when he gets to the door and and opens the little screen, it cuts to me, but the music is still playing. And then I included a little knock on the door and I go to the door and I intercut (laughs) and I, and I intercut uh, uh, the footage of him going Sarah Connor and I go, you know, because I'm, I'm clearly not Sarah Connor. So then it's just it, it becomes this little comedic thing of me going, no, I am not Sarah Connor. And I just and it, it goes on good. for a little bit. So that's um, very good. And in, in honor of you, when we are concluded with this interview, I would like to send <laughs> you that link to that video just to watch it for, for laughs. I'd love because, that. It's clever. Because only during this, like, a conversation with you is that I realized I did that. And obviously, I mean, you are a part of that, that scene. So I think you'd get a laugh out of it. I'm getting um, a laugh right now. Yeah, it, it was fun. But what was, the, so you concluded that film and then you went on and did, and you did so many other things. You did liar, liar. You did the twilight zone, the rebooted version of the twilight zone. Um, what was it like? When you when you ended back up in Arnold's presence and he did not recognize you, did you actually make yourself known to him being like, hey, do you remember me? I was on no. the first film. No, 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 nope, not important, not important. And um, he didn't have to remember me. And, uh, you know, our lives were very different then. Um, I remember sitting in that truck. It was I was a truck driver uh, in Jingle All the Way. And uh, 
so we sat there in the truck while they read the lights. We sat there for a long time. Uh, well, you all, on, on all the sets between the sh- the setups. I mean, it, it's their long wait. So we're just sitting there, and he's smoking a cigar. And I said, "So, I understand you have a lot of Humvees." He says, "Yeah, I do." He said, "I got one for every day day of the week." I said, "Well, what's the purpose of that?" And he said, "Well, why not?" I said, "Okay, there's the answer." I mean, he to me, he was very different. I mean, I'm sure in essence he was the same, but but as a young man, not known, eager, hungry, you know, to then years later, super wealth, he's married a Kennedy. Yeah, Humvee gives gave him all those. You know, it's not like he went and bought them. Um, he travels around at least at that time. Um, you know, he has a huge 18 wheeler that's completely decked out in his uh, workout gear and between, you know, his, uh, you know, universal and all the, the, not treadmills, weights and all that. Um, and you know, between sets, uh, setups, he would go in and, you know, work out, stretch, whatever. I mean, he was a different person. It, it was completely irrelevant whether he remembered me. There was no value in my reminding him. So I didn't. Interesting. And then, if I'm not mistaken, because A Jingle All the Way is one of my favorite Christmas movies, um, <laughs> I don't, I've only ever seen your scene. That, that scene was not in the theatrical version, if I'm That's not right. mistaken. That's right. In fact, when I, I went to the screening, my husband and I came and Arnold was very warm and he was there in the in the uh, hall of this theater. It was in Westwood. He was very warm. He's a real people person. And, you know, big outstretched arms, big hug, et cetera, et cetera. And then I went in and we watched the movie. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've been totally cut. Don't you think he could have told me I, I would have turned right around and gone out? But maybe, <laughs> I still saved the time to do something else. Uh, but then I did find out that I think it was. Uh, uh, when they released it on a home version, DVDs? No, not D. What are they? What are, VHS? Is that what they were called? Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, I have the cut. I have the clip. So it did come out on some version, and I've always yeah. been. I've always been paid. As it, you know, and I, I don't actually. You know what? I think you're paid whether you're cut or not. Now that I. Now that I've said that. But I have continued to be paid for it. So, yep, yep. it's on. Uh, it's on the Blu-ray. It's mm. it's everywhere. I mean, I do watch the director's cut, you know, from mm-hmm. time to time. And um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had no idea. So I was essentially Arnold. I had no idea that yeah. that was you. Yeah, I mean, I'm different. It's years later. I'm heavier than that uh, than I was when I first met him. I mean, it just doesn't matter. I'm playing a different character. None of it matters. I, you know, uh, people uh, often ask me, well, you know, who have you worked with and who's your favorite person? Honestly, I don't know. I don't have a favorite actor. I mean, there's some people I've met that I've genuinely connected with that I liked as people, whether they were actors or not. But, but essentially, no, I'm kind of just going to do my job and we're all in this together. Let's make a good product. And I'm going home and, going on with the rest of my life and that's so cool like just someone that has your has your filmography but that you lead such a normal life i do 
It's I great. Do. I mean, you just traveled for a month. I do. I did. We travel a lot. Yeah. I love that. I have a deep, deep passion for travel. And when I was younger, uh, well, back oh, when I was younger, I hitchhiked, you know, because I had no money. But now, of course, people can't do that. It's too dangerous. But when the world was different, I went all through Europe, you know. Uh, I remember I spent a month in just Ireland hitchhiking everywhere. And uh, I did three months alone. And just, but now I'm 70 now. And I have the great benefit of having three pensions from three unions, plus my social security. My husband has an income. And so I am enjoying life on a a travel on a different level now. (laughs) Exactly. That's what it's all about. And that's just, I mean, I'm 26. So that's something that I just, you know, aspire to like when I'm, when when I'm at that point in my life that I can lead a life like that. And you were so incredibly lucky. Thank you. I'm blessed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't want to keep you any longer because I, I, I do know that you, um, are on donated time and I appreciate every little bit that you've contributed to, uh, to the podcast today. And, um, I would love to stay in touch with you just to, you know, I'm obviously going to follow you on Instagram, but just, uh, just to check in. And, um, because I do think that, you know, before, cause I've done a few interviews with people that I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Um, and before you do those, you're always, you, you have your own kind of, um, sketch in your mind of how they're going to be. And yeah. When, so when we connected on, on, on the phone just now, uh, for the past, I don't know how long yeah. that completely changed because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I assumed that you were just going to be someone that just gave me very little and no offense, but it's just, mm-hmm. that's how the mind works. And you completely yeah. 180 me and <laughs> you've contributed so much. And I am, I am really honored that you came on today and, uh, donated your time. Well, thank you for your interest. It's a, it's always really amazing to me that there are people who are interested. And, in, you know, I, I, I do love acting, but it really is just my job. It's, I don't feel it's any more important or relevant than the guy I'm lucky enough to get to come to my house to fix my washing machine. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quite sincere about that. We're all given gifts. And it's our job to use our gifts, I believe, to honor the creator. And so that's really all I'm doing. You know, somebody, uh, I, I sang today at church and this uh, lady came up. She said, oh my gosh, I heard you at midnight mass. And you were so, so beautiful. Thank you. So and I really thought she's really thanking God. Because <laughs> when I open my mouth to sing, I don't think it's me singing. I think it's God making me sound good because I have no training, you know? And well, there fact, you go. When I, uh, I have had to sing in musicals and even in opera and everything, but I studied, you know, and, and they worked with me and I built my confidence at that time. But I haven't really learned music. I did not, I can't read it, you know? And so um, 
anyway, we're all given gifts. You, you've got this gift to put together a podcast and, and bring joy to uh, your listeners. I mean, that's a wonderful gift. I applaud you for doing it. You know, it's obviously something you love. You've been given the gift and the passion for it. And you're not saying, yeah, well, I want to sleep or, you know, I, I drank too much last night. So, you know, you're doing it. It's fantastic. Thank you. Well, thank you. I, I, I very much appreciate that. And um, may I call you just Marianne or, or, or of course. do you want? Okay. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. It's enough that you learned my name. By the way, I don't care how anybody says it because it's so difficult. And even within my own family, my extended family, it's said in different ways. <laughs> but you do say it Muller Liley? I do. Okay. Because my dad did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Marianne, I have, I am once again honored and I hope that um, we do stay in touch and um, if there's anything else that you'd like to say before we conclude or uh, we can just. No, we'll call it a wrap. It's good. Just a reminder to let me know when it's aired so I can tell the people who want to listen that uh, this is the information. Absolutely. Okay, dear. God bless you. Thank you so much. And um, I'll talk to you some other time. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Marianne.